Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Life by Ashley podcast. This week for me has been pretty jam-packed with a lot of stuff going on. On Monday and Tuesday of this week, I went and did a first aid and CPR course. And today, I just want to share with you some of the most interesting lessons that I've learned from doing that course over the past two days. The first interesting tip that I've discovered when I did my two-day first aid and CPR course is that when you're performing CPR it's much harder to perform CPR on someone that's a muscular person. When I first heard about that I was like wait a second I thought it was hard on any person that you perform CPR on Apparently that's not the case because you have to really push down onto the chest if someone is muscular and is considered unconscious. That first tip really came as a surprise to me, especially when performing like 30 compressions and on someone that's muscular for for as long as it takes until the ambulance arrives and that can be a really really tough thing to do the really pushing down and using your hips to to perform those compressions when when the ambulance starts to arrive the second interesting fact that I've discovered is that when you are putting ice on an injured part of the body, whether it's a sprain or a or a particular injury, anywhere on the body, before you apply ice, use a wet cloth to wipe down the injured area and then place the ice. This is because if you directly place ice on the injured area without using a wet cloth, the ice will possibly burn the area that is injured on the body. So that's another interesting thing that I've discovered. And I thought when I, before I did the first NCPR course is that you put ice on, but no, you need to put a wet cloth down and then put the ice on the injured part of the body. The third interesting tip that I've discovered is that when you have a person that is severely dehydrated it is best to remove the person from a hot environment and put them in a cold environment and only give them one cup of water and don't give them the two liters of water to drink or else they will go into shock. It's best to give them one cup of water and then gradually give them one cup of water at a time while placing an ice pack on their head to cool themselves down. Interesting fact number four is that 
if you have performed CPR for two or three minutes on an unconscious person and and there is a defibrillator available, it is best to use that. The reason being is that the chance of survival is much higher when you use a defibrillator compared to continue performing CPR. If there is a defibrillator available, definitely get someone to use that if someone is with you when you are performing CPR on an unconscious person. And if you are on your own and you see an unconscious patient at first sight, get the defibrillator first and then do the Dr. A, B, C, and D accordingly. And then when you performed CPR and there's no luck, set up the defibrillator and follow instructions from the ambulance. Interesting fact number five, if you see a person that is unconscious, you automatically have permission to perform CPR on them. It was mentioned yesterday during my course that many people don't perform CPR simply because they think they don't have permission. The most important thing to do is to call an ambulance and perform CPR on someone that is unconscious. You automatically have permission to do so. The life of the person depends on it. If a person has an injury, however, you have to ask permission for them to treat them. If they are conscious, you have to ask for permission. If they're unconscious, you automatically have permission to, to help them by performing CPR. Interesting fact number six, if you have asthma, the most effective way to treat an asthma attack is by using an asthma puffer and a spacer. A spacer that helps to keep all of the asthma puffer and substance inside and so that the person can take four breaths in and out and, and use the whole puff of the asthma puffer. When you do one puff from the asthma puffer, wait four minutes unless if they experience another asthma attack, just give them another puff and they can take four breaths in and out before the one puff from the asthma puffer is used. If you don't have a spacer available for the asthma puffer, well, no worries. Just use a newspaper or a a notebook to just roll it up, and put the asthma puffer in and let the person breathe in and out when you give them one puff. Interesting fact number seven, when you perform CPR, your wrists are going to hurt afterwards. I experienced that when I practiced on a dummy performing CPR. 
and after two minutes your wrist will start to hurt so make sure to to keep a note of that when you find someone unconscious and performing CPR the adrenaline will kick in when you find someone unconscious and performing CPR but afterwards don't be surprised when your wrist starts to hurt interesting fact number eight I learnt what the term febrile convulsions is all about when I first heard this term mentioned in my course I was like what 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 is that word in what does that mean and now I know what it means febrile convulsion is simply a child that is six or under experiencing a rapid rise a rapid rise in body temperature if a child experiences that who is, is six or under make sure to put them in a cold environment to take off their clothes except for their undies and make sure to monitor their temperature the over over many minutes by taking a temperature just to make sure that the body temperature doesn't rise anymore the average human body can go from 36 to 37 degrees and anything above that can be potentially dangerous for a child and potentially dangerous for an adult as well make sure to always monitor your body temperature and if you are working with a child or taking care of a child and they suddenly experience a high temperature and treat it as febrile convulsion and put them in a cold environment and take their clothes off except for their undies and monitor their temperature over time and most importantly if you don't know what to do call an ambulance they will give you assistance those are all the interesting facts that I have that I learnt throughout the two days that I did first aid and CPR course if you are interested in doing first aid and CPR definitely do it it's been really really useful for me I've learned a lot the how to do slings and all that I definitely recommend that everyone to do it because you know you don't know when you have to save someone's life so it's important to have those skills with you throughout your life and I reckon it's a very valuable skill and special thanks to St. John's Ambulance Australia for giving me the opportunity to do the, my first aid and CPR course throughout the past two days. And, and thank you so much to the coordinator of the course for giving her insights to the first aid and CPR and giving me the opportunity to practice and really develop my skills as of first aid in CPR the helper 
Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you all next time. Hey listeners, if you like this podcast, all the interesting facts that I gave, the tips and insights that I gave in today's episode of this podcast, make sure to favorite this podcast so that you can get updates on when my next episode will be available. Thanks guys.